Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Uncensored Empath, a place for us to discuss highly sensitive energy, illness, healing, and transformation. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a life and success coach for empaths who want to create a thriving body, business, and life. Think of this podcast as your no BS guide to navigating life, health, and entrepreneurship. You'll get straight to the point, totally holistic tips from me in real time as I navigate this healing and growth journey right beside you. This is a Soul Fire production. You all have heard me talk about human design on the show before, but today we're going even deeper. Human design is a synthesis of ancient wisdom and modern science that sheds light on a person's energetic makeup, as well as the specific tools they can use to live at their happiest, healthiest, highest potential. I love the way that my guest today talks about human design. Her name is Erin Claire Jones, and she says it doesn't change who you are. It teaches you who you are and offers this beautiful insight into what's possible for you and highlights the significance of understanding and living as the fullest expression of yourself. Erin is a human design expert who has helped thousands of individuals as well as companies step into their work and their lives as their truest, most authentic selves so they can step into their highest potential using human design as a framework. Her work as a guide, a coach, and a speaker has attracted a growing community of over 60,000 people who turn to her for her teachings and her practical, digestible tips and tools and ways to access this deeper self-awareness and knowledge. You're going to hear all about human design today from two projectors. Erin's also, I found out, a projector like myself, but we're going to talk about all the different types and so much more. So let's get started. 
Erin, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So I was just telling you before we pushed record that I've chatted a bit about human design on the show before, but never had an expert on. And so I'm super excited to have you here today. And I'd love just in case anyone's popping in for the first time to just do like a quick, what is human design? Of course. So we discussed before, it's kind of endless, Um, (laughs) but it is a system based on your exact time, date and place of birth. And the idea is that it really gives your energetic DNA. And so what I mean by that is how are you meant to make decisions and communicate and work within teams and collaborate and be in partnership and eat and like ideal environments. It basically gives us like our unique blueprint. Um, For context, there are about 2 billion different configurations. It really kind of reveals our uniqueness, but also gives us the tools to step into it. And the last piece I would share is that I think what drew me to human design is that even though it can feel mystical and that the information does come from the stars and it feels so unknown, The information itself is so tactical and so simple and so grounded and so actionable. And I think so often we don't need more information. We just need like the right information at the right time to actually have an impact in our life. And I think human design does such a beautiful job of that. Yeah, I so agree. And I have been working over the last year and a half or so to actually be in alignment with my projector strategy because I feel in sense that I was really trying to live a different type and live by a different strategy that was much more, I'd say generator manifesting generator. Do you Mm -hmm. see that a lot where people kind of try to chameleon into a different type or is, is it kind of seen in society where we try to be all like one type? You know, it's so funny. In some ways, I feel like a lot of projectors, chameleon in a generator, manifesting generator, just because generators and manifesting generators are the types that make up the majority of the population. And they're kind of like yeah. the doers and the creators. And so we're just like, and our biggest shadow is overdoing. Mm-hmm. So we're just like, we can do it. We can keep up, you know? So I definitely identify with that. But I also find actually a lot of manifesting generators and generators have been trying to be a manifester. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's not always consistent. I think so often we are trying to be something that we're not. And human design just returns us to who we are. But I do find that so, you know, common with projectors. I experienced it myself. And you're also an energy projector. So like I am as well. So it's like, you've got energy. So again, I think there's even more like, I can keep up, I can do it. So I think Mm -hmm. it even requires a bit more deconditioning of like, oh, wait, I'm actually not here to do all the doing. Yeah. And that was such a a big permission slip for me as I, I dug into my own chart, realizing that I have unsustainable energy on like the generator types and just this almost this deep exhale of Sarah you don't like yes I'm very creative very inspired love to do all the things but I don't have to be doing them all of the time Mm -hmm. and I just I, I took a deep exhale took a step back and realized that that was part of my programming so before we get ahead of ourselves I'd love to just summarize and go over all of the the different types that people can be. Perfect. So um, you guys probably look up your design already because I know you've talked about this before. If you haven't, my website is erinclairjones.com slash lookup to look it up, but there's also lots of places. So there are five different types. So generators, manifesting generators, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. With each type comes a strategy. Um, And the one piece I'll share is like the type is just the first piece. You know, if you and your like partner are both generators, like Yes, there might be similarity in some ways, but there's so much more that will distinguish you. So generators and manifesting generators make up the majority of the population. In no way this means you're not unique. It is just the first distinction. 
So these are basically the people that have the energy and the life force to kind of build and create and bring things to life. I'll talk about them together and then apart. And so they're both kind of designed to wake up in the morning with a full tank of energy to use up their energy in super satisfying ways and then kind of crash and wake up recharge. If they haven't fully exhausted their tank, they'll probably go to bed and feel pretty restless or even just depleted because they haven't even used their energy in a way that feels good. And the more they use their energy in ways that uniquely light them up, the more energy they will have and the more they will uplift everyone around them. So I would encourage both types to just take inventory. Like what are the aspects of your life that are lighting you up and energizing you the most? What are the things that are depleting and draining you? Can you let go of those things? Manifesting generators are multi-passionate by nature. These people are not meant to do just one thing. These are my clients that are like, I'm a coach. I have a podcast. I'm a mom. I own a dance studio. Like now I'm doing this thing, you know, and so often they've been made to feel scattered or like they're doing too much, but they actually need that level of stimulation to be successful and excited. And their gift is really in pivoting as soon as the energy is no longer there for something. And they're gifted at moving quickly, but sometimes in skipping a few steps along the way. So it's always good to have the right support around them. Generators are more around mastery. You know, it's a going deep into a thing. And then when it's time moving on, the type, the strategy for both these types is we call it wait to respond, also known as just like magnetism. The idea is that you're not meant to chase after anything. Life is meant to come to you and you're here to kind of wait for something to spark your gut before you go after it. Clear? Any questions on that? No, that's perfect. And okay. it's good to understand the distinction between the multi-passionate versus the level of mastery. And yeah. I work with a lot of manifesting generators who even feel overwhelmed by their multi-passionate yeah. self. And mm-hmm. they feel like, especially in the coaching industry, it's like niche down, niche down, niche down. And they're like, I can't do it. There's yeah. too many things I love. And whenever I talk to a manifesting generator, I just remind them that maybe they're not meant to, to niche down like a, totally. a generator or even myself as a projector. But that was really mm-hmm. clear the way you described that. Yeah. And it's also like their careers aren't meant to be linear. Like I had a session with a woman last week and she's like, I just like, I hate my job, not because it's like a bad job, but just because like, it's just one thing. Like I need, yeah. so I get bored so quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, they can be in a traditionally great job and make themselves wrong for it because they're not satisfied. Mm-hmm. And so again, and maybe like the multi-passion extends beyond like, you know, work. It's like, this is my work and then I'll do other things. It can have so many different manifestations. So then projectors. So you and I are both projectors. And these are basically the people that are really here to be the leaders, the guides, the advisors, the teachers, not here to do all the doing. Projectors are very diverse. There can be so many different, you know, types of projectors. But in general, it's so important for us to honor the ebbs and flows of our energy. We often don't have that same consistent access to energy as generators and manifesting generators do. And so it's really about leveraging the energy when it's there, resting when it's not, and not kind of deriving our worth and like how hard we're working or how much we're doing, but more like in our perspective and the way that we see the world. Mm-hmm. Um, projectors bring so much into the world just through their like perspective and guidance. They tend to be very naturally sensitive to other people's energy. And so they can be amazing CEOs or managers or lead psychologists or therapists, whatever it is. Like they're just so good at seeing what the other person needs and asking the right questions and then guiding them in that direction. They're also really good at asking questions. I find a lot of um, podcast hosts are projectors. Um, and often, you know, projectors can work in lots of different ways, but it is kind of good to work with people one-on-one sometimes only because we have this really penetrating energy that can make people feel very seen and recognized. I personally have like limits for how much one-on-one I can do, but it is a very powerful use of our energy. And the strategy for us as projectors is basically around waiting for a sense of recognition and invitation before engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'll just remind people of is that like that might feel disempowering at first. It's like, what do I do? Like sit on the couch? You know, I definitely had that experience first Me off. Me too. Like, How do I build a business? You know, <laughs> and I learned what, a couple of things. One, you don't need the invitation for everything. So like you don't need an invitation to like start a podcast, right. you know, or even move to a new city. But like what it involves dating someone, working with someone, living with someone, that's where that kind of invitation piece is so key. 
And it's really just a sense of feeling authentically recognized for who you are. So you can kind of flower in that way. Also, your job as a projector is to make yourself visible and let people know that you exist. Mm-hmm. If you start being super pushy and pitching certain people, which like my first iteration of my human design company was just companies. So I was just reaching out to companies and it was just like not working, mm-hmm. you know, but I think this iteration, like since 2018, has been basically just like sharing about what I do in a really broad way and letting the right people come. And so I would, as a projector, make it your job to make yourself visible and let people know that you exist. And that will kind of allow the right people to come to you. Yeah. How does I that guess. feel to you? I mean, that's me. Yeah, that's okay. 100% me. And I feel like I have finally stepped more into that. And I love that you made that point around it can feel at first glance disempowering to think I have to wait for an invitation. The world's telling totally. me to just, just go do it, take initiative. Yes. Like, and it, but that's not it, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. not just sitting on your ass waiting for things to come to you. And okay. I've learned that you can actually position yourself to receive more invitations as well. That mm-hmm. energy, like being really open and visible, like you were talking about. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And so it's just like, it is a proactive thing. And it's also it's like when you share about what you do in a really like inspired, authentic way, it just like attracts people to you. Yeah. And I would say also, like, as an entrepreneur and business owner, because you know, it's a dance as a projector, like having the right support around you. I have always had a generator or manifesting generator business partner. I don't think that's required. Um, but like, I do think that having that kind of energy and support is going to be so useful. Have, do you have support around you? I do. I have a, a small team, uh, mostly of manifesting generators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's better to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, most of my clients, I, I also attract other projectors though. So I have projectors yeah. that want to work with me because they see the business I've created and they want to create something similar. Totally. And then the manifesting generators and, and some generators as mm-hmm. well in there, I think are more attracted to me because they want that energy, that leading, yeah. that guiding, that Totally. managing of their trajectory. And totally. so they, they come to me for different reasons, but I, I really see that in my business. So funny. Yeah. So yeah. cool. It's just like, and it's so useful. My first entry into human design was basically in supporting teams with it, mm-hmm. which is still like a large part of what I do, but not exclusively what I do. Mm-hmm. And I just think it, it really is so next level to really kind of engineer teams based on human design because yeah. it just allows yeah. us to like really optimize, you know, and leverage the people that we're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then we have manifestors. Yeah. So manifestors are the ones that are really here to initiate, get things started, get the ball rolling not always sort of do all the doing themselves, but often just to get things off the ground. Most important for manifestors is feeling a sense of freedom and autonomy and control. They're really not here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way. You've probably experienced that. Very much here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. And they can actually struggle a bit in the corporate environment if they're just feeling confined in that way. So often they'll thrive if, you know, they're very naturally entrepreneurial. So kind of like charting their own path, but also if they're just given freedom, it's like, this is your domain, do what you please, let us know how it goes. They're often pretty comfortable with solitude and just like kind of being left alone to do what they please. And their strategy is all about initiating. These are the people that are here to make the first move when they have that urge to really pursue it and make it happen. They need kind of no confirmation from the outside world. But there's a dual piece where they also need to communicate to people what they're going to do before they do it. This is called informing in human design. And it's not about asking for permission. It's not about explaining yourself. It's just like, FYI, I'm leaving the room. I'm going on this trip. I'm going in this direction with my business. The idea is that you are so impactful with your energy as a manifester. So if you just let people know what you're going to do before you do it, people won't resist it. And you'll probably feel a lot more ease and support by the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. I 
have also worked with a handful of manifestors, not as many, but it makes sense because you just said they don't necessarily want to be managed guide or led. They want to do their own thing. They want that, that freedom. But when I have worked with manifestors, oftentimes we have to go back and reverse engineer a few things because some of those steps along the the path have been, have been skipped. And I'm curious with, with a manifestor, where is that balance then of the initiating, like getting the ball rolling versus mm-hmm. maybe the inclination to feel like they have to then follow through and do it versus right. just initiating it? I mean, honestly, they are because they're energy beings, but their energy is going to operate a bit more in spurts than generators and manifesting generators. Mm-hmm. Their energy is really in getting the thing off the ground. Yeah. So the ideal thing for them would be to get the thing off the ground mm-hmm. and then hand it off to somebody else. Yeah. You know, or move on to the next thing. So, so I they, see a lot of, yeah, go ahead. Would they be good having a, a team underneath them yes. as well? And then yeah. like a generator on their team? Yeah. And they, and maybe even a projector to manage, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say that any type can't manage, you know what I mean? Projectors often make natural mm-hmm. managers. It doesn't mean that they have to manage, right. but I think that like, they're all going to manage differently. I think if a manifestor is to manage a team, it would just be like inform everyone of what they have to do and like get out of their way and they get out of your way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that manifestors can often burn out if they're just like trying to keep up and trying to sustain because their energy is really kind of getting the thing off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. So it's good to have support or just, you know, have a career where they can kind of keep pivoting and moving and mm-hmm. based on what they're inspired by in the moment. Yeah. I, I feel like the coaching industry could be good for them because they get to do what they want and they can change paths or trajectories at any point. Totally. Yes. hundred percent. Um, and then we have reflectors. Yes. And so reflectors are 1%, so much more rare. And these people are incredibly sensitive to their physical environment. You could be a different type, but also sensitive, of course, but these people are basically taking in everything in their space and magnifying it. And so you really get a good sense of like how a team is doing or a company or community just by how that reflector is showing up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is so useful and powerful to have around because their perspective is so um, just like objective and invaluable. Mm-hmm. I would say as a reflector, be such a ruthless curator of who and where you're spending time. You're going to ma- magnify whatever space you're around. So make sure your home feels good. Your city feels good. Your office feels good. Mm-hmm. Your community feels good. As soon as a space or community no longer feels good, give yourself permission to go. Um, I would say it's as important to spend time with people as it is to spend time alone. In some ways, that's going to be true for all of us, you know, but I think reflectors are so sensitive to other people's energy that kind of having their own space and kind of retreating to it and releasing the stuff that's not theirs is so useful. And Mm -hmm. also their gift is in their fluidity. They're going to have periods where they feel like a projector, like a generator, like a manifesting generator, like a manifester. And so the work is to kind of not try to hook onto any of them, but be a little bit more open to like, what wants to come through me today? What feels like me today? You know, and that might be different tomorrow or next week, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last piece I would share about reflectors is that in the context of business, we call these people evaluators just because their perspective, like I said, is so powerful. And so I think as a reflector, really check in and be like, where are the places in my life where my perspective feels the most recognized and invited in? Because they're a little bit, a little bit similar to projectors in that way, where kind of that invitation and recognition is such a beautiful mm-hmm. opening for them. Mm-hmm. I have one reflector in my empath leaders membership and I love getting her feedback on the calls. It just feels like a really good uh, reflection of the, of the health of that community of, of 
what people are getting from the sessions inside the membership. So I'm always asking her, like, how are you feeling? How's everything going? It's, yeah. it's super helpful, helpful to have her in there. And I know it's such a small percentage of the population that she's actually yeah. the first reflector that I've, that I've ever worked with. Um, I'm curious because I've, I've been asked this question and I answered it to my best ability, but I've also seen it asked to other human design experts and yeah. it's about the empath in relation to human design. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, wh- how you were just describing the reflector, that sounds very empathy, like the person who's a sponge who absorbs their mm-hmm. environment and can pick up on the energy and emotions and even physical yeah. sensations of others. But I know that depending on which centers are open, that could also be seen. It's not that reflector or maybe projectors are the only empaths of the world. So I would love your take on how does empath play into the human design system? Yeah, it's such an, it's such a good question because basically when you look at this chart, this crazy looking chart that is probably going to not make sense at first glance, there are going to be areas that are colored in and areas that are white. And the areas that are colored in are kind of the areas that are operating more consistently within you and where you're kind of deriving your energy from. And the areas that are white and open are the areas where you are the most sensitive and receptive to other people's energy. And this means that you not only kind of feel other people's stuff, but you amplify it. You feel it more intensive than they do. So it makes the reflector reflector is that every single one of their centers is white, you know, but for the other types, they're going to have other centers that are white. You know, they might not have every single one, but they're going to have a magnified experience in a few. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the empathic question, you know, there is an emotional center in human design. And so if that emotional center is open, like I do often say these people are natural empaths because they not only kind of tune into other people's stuff, but they experience it as amplified within themselves and more intensive than they do. And it could be like overwhelming, but also allow them to be so wise about how emotions are affecting them and other people. Um, but I also don't think that it means you can't be an empath if it's defined. So you and I both have it defined, you know, and it basically means that we have our own emotional experience so we can kind of tune into other people's stuff but kind of hold our own at the same time. Um, do you feel that within yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I am very sensitive to other people's emotions, but yeah. there's also a clear definition of how I feel within that. Totally. Cause you've got your own just clear boundary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas if somebody had that emotional center open, like my partner has it open. And so like, he's just wide open. So like often he'll know what I'm feeling far before I know, you know, but like, you know, you also have other open centers. So it's like that can also, you know, lead to empath and just feeling empathetic in other ways. Like, you know, you've got that open sacral center, which makes you just sensitive to energy in general, you know, wherever people are, you know, being sensitive to other people's stress and how they communicate and their ideas and their opinions. So again, I do think that we all just like, I think we can all be empathic in such different ways, but there is that emotional center, which can shed some light on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's super helpful. And I, I really appreciate your insight into that. Cause again, I've been asked it several times and I answer the similar to you where it's yeah. like that one type is not the only way you can be Absolutely an empath. And instead yeah. we're, we're all just going to experience our sensitivities in, in different ways, maybe depending on which of those centers totally. are colored in or white or defined or undefined as you were talking about. I have recently been using Blissoma skincare products and there's a super fun quiz when you go to their website and you can discover which plant is your perfect match because all these plants have personalities and energies as well. 
I took the quiz. I got marshmallow, which I think is so funny. And it's a perennial herb with a strong root system, flower stalks that extend four feet tall. And it's all about being the ultimate caretaker. And I find that I definitely apply that to my skin routine as well. So Blasoma blends whole herbs with radical compassion to create profoundly balancing skincare, which is especially important for people like myself who tend to be on the extra sensitive side with their skin. The product I'm loving right now is the Omega Miracle Facial Oil, and it has over 10 oils cold pressed and unrefined from these very rare seeds that are the perfect weight on your skin and what I found are just super, super healing. And it is as it sounds. It's pretty much good for everything. It's the miracle oil that's going to be used as a final layer on top of your moisturizer in order to help renew and replenish your skin. I'm super excited because I've been loving these products and I paired up with Blasoma to offer you 20% off all oils and serums with the code EMPATH. Simply go to blissoma.com. That's B-L-I-S-S-O-M-A.com. Definitely take the quiz. Let me know what you get. And then also use that code EMPATH for 20% off your order. I'm curious just because when I've had people pull their chart, because I take it into consideration when I, when I coach and Usually they're like, what the hell does all of this yeah. mean? Because it is, it's very um, detailed and can be overwhelming when people first look at it. So I'd love for just us to zoom out for a second. And what are some of the things that that does show you? Obviously, you know yeah. how to read the chart, but what can we learn about ourselves inside of this? Yeah. So I'll say it's endless, the first piece, but I'm going to share the most important pieces. Like yeah. I can do one session with somebody or like 40, you know what I mean? There's so many layers, but I think that most important pieces are, you know, the type and the strategy, which we talked about. So the mm-hmm. type is like how you best express your energy in the world. You know, for us as guides, your strategy is how you're meant to create opportunities for yourself. Mm-hmm. For us, that kind of waiting for that sense of recognition and invitation. There's something called your inner authority. Your inner authority is how you're meant to make decisions. This is like one of my, like the most useful thing that I really believe in human design because we're making decisions every single day. So like you and I are both meant to sleep on things and feel into things. Other people have a more instantaneous knowing in their gut or just like an instant kind of intuitive knowing. Other people have to kind of talk things out or tune into their heart. So there's so much around that one. Mm-hmm. There's something called a definition which is like how we best process information. So even though you and I are both emotional projectors, we have really different definition, mm-hmm. you know? So you're very more independent. I'm more kind of collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at all the open centers, so those white centers, those are the areas where you are, like I said, the most sensitive to other people's energy, but also where you're here to be so wide, you know? And so knowing those areas in you and your family and the people you work with is so useful. Um, there are things called channels and these are going to be the lines. I know you will know what they are, but the lines that kind of connect one center to another so these are kind of your natural strength. So it's really used to know what they are. It's use, useful to know what they are. So you can kind of lean into, the, lean onto them and into them even more. Um, there's something called the profile, which is basically like how you're here to manifest your purpose. Um, so like for you, you know, it's all about just like trial and error and experimentation and bumping into things and making mistakes and embracing that process and kind of sharing your journey with the world. Whereas for me, it's more about like hermiting and just like doing what comes easily and naturally to me. Um, and then there's also pieces around how we're designed to best digest food, ideal environments for us. So it is kind of endless, but I do think all those pieces 
can really actually transform the way that we work once we know that. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you're more independent. I need to really be in my own flow, you know, like don't mess with my flow. Like I'll come and work with you when I want to. Whereas for me, it's like, I find wholeness when I'm really around other people. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And yeah. I heard you describe it as human design, as the science of understanding yourself. Yeah. And I, I, that makes so much sense. And there's so many layers to ourselves so that we can get to know better and to understand and therefore be more self-informed and be able to use that information in relationships or in decision-making. I want to go back to the decision-making. So I know myself as uh, emotional authority. I've actually been on like discovery calls with potential coaches that I was going to hire. And uh, regardless of whether they know human design or not, I'm usually like, okay, so give me like two or three days. I need to sleep on it. And not everyone loves hearing that answer, but I know for me, I need to feel into it and have a little bit of time, not a month, but like you said, sleep on it and make sure it's actually an aligned decision for me versus what I I often see. And this is specific, I think, to the coaching industry, but these calls where they're like, make a decision now. And that just feels, you know, Mm. disempowering to me. And and I try to take that into consideration when I'm on a call with somebody too. And that that's not the most empowering way for everyone to make a choice or to commit to something that's a big, big investment. And so these, I just want the audience to to know and to be clear on these authorities, the way you Mm -hmm. make decisions or the most aligned you make, aligned way you make decisions that can be within each type. So for example, I'm an emotional authority as a projector. Yeah. You could be emotional as a manifester. manifester. Totally. And then can you, can yeah. you just um, review those, those different types of yeah. decision? decision ugh, I can't yeah. talk decision making <laughs> again. Yeah, yeah. Word stumbling today. Okay. So, um, and I just like, and I so appreciate that reflection because I think it's been so useful just to know generally that we all make decisions differently. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, some people might know in the moment, but if they're pressuring you, it's like, I don't act like the decisions that I know that I make in the moment, I generally always regret. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like pushing and giving a little bit of time is honestly better for anyone involved. But again, knowing how the people around you operate is so useful because you might be like, I make decisions so quickly. Why doesn't everyone else? And it's like, oh, because they're just wired differently. Yeah. Um, So if you are an emotional authority, this can be true for every single type, but reflectors, it basically means like you might have an initial gut response or for you, like an initial intuitive kind of knowing about something, but you're basically for the big decisions, not designed to commit in the moment. Mm -hmm. Clarity for you comes with time. And so the best thing that you and I can do is just like, take a beat. I'm not saying indefinite. It's like two to three days, just check in and be like, am I still excited? There's like, you kind of get the full picture when you give yourself a moment. And the key for us is to not make a decision from like a super high or low emotional place. I know if I'm on an emotional high, I'm like, yes to all the things. And I wake <laughs> yeah. up the next day and I'm like, oh my God, what did I commit to? You know? So just like giving yourself a moment is so useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and a moment, I mean like a day, two, three. If you are a sacral decision maker, which is only possible for generators or manifesting generators, it means that you're designed to make decisions based on your gut response in the moment. You know, think about how often we hear like, follow your gut, listen to your gut. Like we don't all have that gut instinct. <laughs> These people do, yeah. you know? And so it's really all about kind of trusting that visceral feeling in the moment. It's often not a thing that they can explain. It's like expansion or contraction that they feel. And if you have a sacral decision maker in your life, it's really useful to ask them super specific questions. Mm-hmm. So my partner, the sacral authority, if I ask him like, what do you want to see for dinner? He just like gives me a blank stare. 
I'm like, would you like to go out or cook at home? Do you want to make this or this? Like giving him options and giving him something to respond to was so useful. Mm -hmm. So even for you with your team and like all the manifesting generators, like, you know, just asking them those specific questions and giving them things to respond to is such a powerful way to kind of tune them into that visceral response. Yeah. Then we have splenic decision makers. That's possible for manifestors or projectors. Basically means you're designed to make decisions based on your intuition in the moment. Intuition is different than the gut response. It's kind of just like a quiet knowing, like a resonance that you feel like a voice that you hear just tingles and it is so spontaneous. It's like mm-hmm. it disappears as quickly as it comes. So the work for these people is to basically get quiet enough to hear your intuition and then just be courageous enough to act once it comes. Um, and then we've got ego decision makers, only possible for manifestors and projectors, basically making decisions whether or not your willpower, whether or not you really have the willpower to do something whether or not you really have the energy for it, is your heart really in it? These people are designed to be very selfish in their decision-making. So really ask themselves, like, will this decision truly take care of me? Yeah. Um, then we've got self-projected, only possible for projectors. Their truth comes when they give it a voice. Best that they can do is talk things out and kind of let their like truth come out through their just mm-hmm. words when they're not trying to control it. Then we have mental decision-makers, only possible for projectors. This would say none if you look it up. It basically means you also have to talk things out, but you're also very sensitive to your physical environment. So spending time in environments that feel good around people that you trust and talking things out is kind of your best tool for clarity. And finally, we have reflectors and they're designed to give themselves a full 28 to 30 days before they make a big decision. Mm -hmm. I know that is not always feasible. And so I think what I remind my reflector clients is just like, you know, just like know that you operate on your own sense of timing. So if yeah. you're feeling really pressured in a decision, even like you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, just know that like, just do things in your own way on your own timing and trust that and just take as much time as you can. Mm-hmm. Because like they're similar to the emotional people in that like, they basically like experience something from all different angles until it kind of drops in and they're like, this is really correct for me. So just kind of being patient with themselves. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah, super helpful. And I'm I'm glad that you expanded upon the reflector because again I've I only have one reflector client yeah. but as I've just even done my own self study on all the different types and these different ways of making decisions I was thinking that similar to the way I felt disempowered initially about waiting for the invitation I think reflectors can maybe feel disempowered yeah. initially around 28 days like a whole you know moon cycle what you yeah. know and and I'm I'm just grateful that you were able to show that that's not always feasible, but no. that if you think about it in I make decisions in my own timing, that can totally. be more empowering. Yeah. And I think I would just remind people in general, like human design is meant to be a system that empowers us and doesn't mm-hmm. limit us. And so like all clients come and they're like, I heard this, somebody said this, I read this. And I'm just like, honestly, the magic is like human design is designed to be something that we experiment with. You know, first I was like, this invitation piece feels disempowering. Like, how can I really experiment with it and see how it, how it feels? So I think that often, like, just, I would say, take the things that resonate, leave the rest and use it as a tool to empower you and only support you. Mm-hmm. And so experiment with it, play with it, see what actually feels good and what doesn't. And I think like, you know, sometimes reflectors are resistant, but they're always like, that is so true, you know, but I think that we do have to make it so practical to their lives because I know that like, if they're applying for a job, they aren't often going to be like, Give me 30 days and I'll let you know. <laughs> right. You know, maybe they're like, okay, like I'll, I've given myself a couple of days and I also give myself permission if I don't like it in 30 days, I can move on. Yeah. You know, so even just like finding ways to integrate it in a way that actually works and doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's like totally unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so helpful to get a reading or talk yeah. to someone who understands the chart versus just trying to figure it out yourself because 
there's more to it than what you see on the surface for sure. I'm curious, and now that everyone understands a little bit more about these types and how they make decisions, how do then we all come together and create harmony in the world and all these different personality types? Yeah, well, it's so funny. Somebody asked me on a podcast recently, it was just like, you know, it's like how, how, yeah, similar question in terms Mm -hmm. of like, how are we similar? And like the magic of human design is that it actually reveals in all the ways in which we're different. But I think in knowing how different we each are, it brings us so much closer together. Mm. And I think human design has really taught me is that we just need each other. Yeah. None of us are meant to do it alone. And that's why it's like when you're building a team, it's like, it's really great to have like a manifester and a manifesting generator and a generator. So I think that like, it's by honoring how different we each are that I think we feel so much more compassion and empathy and understanding. Mm-hmm. And we also kind of know what kind of support we need. And so I do think that often we get tripped up when we kind of expect people to be more similar to us or different than what they are. And that often creates more and more distance, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think even just understanding my family, like my dad being a projector and my mom a manifest, it's just like been like so useful. I like so much more love and understanding. I'm like, oh, duh, you know, this yeah. is how I can support you. So mm-hmm. I do think it gives us tools to really understand each other on a deeper level, whether it's personal or team and really just like meet somebody exactly where it is they are. Yeah. And I think also it's not just like we're five types. It's like we are two billion different configurations. So I think it's just like we are all so wildly unique. And I do believe the magic comes when we really kind of step into that. Yeah. I think like, you know, there's so many of those like cheesy quotes that are so true. I'm just like, we really suck at being other people, you know? So, and we're so much better being ourselves. But I do think it brings so much more compassion and understanding. And I think it reminds us how much we need each other and that none of us are meant to go at it alone. Yeah. Absolutely. I see that in the way that I'm at the, today is the last day of a launch period for yeah. me and different types need to, and different decision makers need to hear different things from me in order to feel confident in investing in a program. Yeah. And I, I'm curious if you have anything around that in the way that you promote your offers, launch, share what you have to share with the world, depending on those types. Yeah. I mean, I think that for you, it's like, I think it's like less about like, okay, well, how can I speak to manifestors and generators? And it's more like as a projector, like as long as you're like inspired and excited about what you're sharing, I think mm-hmm. like sharing about it as in as many mediums as you feel excited about, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think like the other people, people will like really feel into whether or not it's right for them. I think when it's about making decisions, really kind of reminding them to tap into their own inner authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's like actually not a very strategic thing of like, how can I make this appeal to generators or manifesting generators? It's like when you just like share it so authentically, I think they'll know like this is right. Yeah. You know, and so, but it is, it is really interesting. And again, I think projectors, like we got to just share. Yeah. Share, share, I share, once share. heard um, a good piece of advice that has worked well for me. And it's to, I go live pretty often. And so people can feel that excitement yeah. and that energy and to speak as if I'm speaking to that next one person who's going to be that. joining the program. And I've, I've implemented that strategy as I've moved away from trying to be that manifesting yeah. generator a couple of years ago. And that's part of what's changed for me and my business is more lives, more speaking to that one soul and, yeah. and speaking from my heart, my story, my excitement. Yes. And it is, there's like this energetic magnetism to it that feels easy. And as again, as a projector who I've heard, you know, three to five hour uh, hours of work a day, 
And initially I was like, oh my God, how is that possible? But when I'm in that energy, it feels like miracles happen. And I don't need to be at the computer and working so much. All the time. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and like it's, you know, I'm, we're trying to figure out my business and how to kind of take me out of most things. So my job is literally just to share, you know, because like that's the piece that's the most fun and honestly the most impactful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think, you know, based on what you're saying, there are a couple of pieces. One, I love the example you share of kind of sharing one-on-one because again, knowing that our energy is powerful one-on-one, like even just sharing with that energy of like, I'm speaking to you, even like when you're projecting and giving a talk, like focus on one person on the audience, like lock in, you know, that often is so powerful. I would also really look at your profile for this piece in terms of how to share because like you're a three, five, I know we haven't really dug deeply into it, but a few pieces would be that like as a three, it's like you are here to share your own journey. You're like, I have experimented. I have made mistakes. I have failed. These are all the things that I've learned. Like your experiential wisdom is so powerful for other people. Mm -hmm. And also because you have a five in your profile, like you're very much going to be like a problem solver and a fixer. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm not solving all the problems, obviously, but I think also being really clear, like these are the like the things that I can help you see in a new way, you know, Mm -hmm. and help solve in a new way. And so the profile can also often shed light on like how we're designing kind of best market as well. Yeah. Wow, that really resonates because I noticed that even in the posts or content that I put out that is my storytelling, my journey as an example of what's possible for my ideal client, it, it's just that's what people relate to exactly. versus the posts where I'm trying to like prove a concept or um, yeah. go too into the weeds around like teaching something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work as well for me. But that's, I think like you're reflecting, you know, my three, five profile within my projectorness. So that's a good reminder for for me after we get off today, because it is the last day of a launch to to, go on with your journey. (laughs) I'm going to go in and I'm going to share some stories. Because like, say you. You have a one, of course, but like, say you have a one in your profile. Like, again, I know people are like, what in the world is a one, but a one would be like, you're here to be the expert. So you would actually want to be like, I know all the things I've studied all the places. I'm the authority. You can trust that, you know? So it's like, again, it's just reminding us that we're all meant to do it a little bit differently and Mm -hmm. things are often so much easier when we kind of align with what uniquely works for us. Yeah. So what about then in relationships? I'm thinking about myself and, and my husband, he is a generator. And when I first found that out, it was definitely like a click aha because I learned that as a projector, there's unsustainable versus generator sustainable energy. And sometimes he just feels like the energizer bunny and I cannot keep up with him. Um, And there used to be some guilt around that, like uh, a lot of apologies. I'm sorry, I'm too tired. I'm sorry, I can't do that. And then coupled with chronic illness and autoimmune disease too. So I, I see now how we actually pair really well together. But at a time I was like apologizing constantly. So I'm just curious mm-hmm. if if you have any insight into, especially like romantic partners, mm-hmm. what works? And, and I know there's so much that goes into it, but I'd love your, yeah. your insight. Well, one thing I'll say is, you know, I've had people come in like, can we build a dating app? But like, <laughs> that is not a thing where you're like, I'm looking for a generator. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Gotta be such chemistry. And when there's chemistry, that's like a perfect time to like dig in and be like, okay, are you really similar? Are you really different? So like project it. My partner's also a generator. So like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm a little bit biased towards that only because I'm in it. But like yeah. I think that I know for me personally, like that has been such a powerful combination 
only because we've embraced how different we are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm sure it's similar for you. It's like, if Absolutely. I try to be more similar to him or keep up with him, which I've tried in the past, like <laughs> it just feels terrible. You know what I mean? For everyone. And like yeah. a very simple example is like when we, you know, we used to travel pre COVID, but when we would travel, we would like land in a new city and he immediately has the energy to be like, okay, let's go. Let's explore. Like, and I like used to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going. And then like, I would literally mm-hmm. just like keel over like halfway down because I was like, my tummy hurts. I'm playing all day. He's like, you have to go lay down for four hours and then yeah. like, we'll revisit this. And so I think even just understanding that my job was not to keep up with him and that we had really different levels of energy and different has been so powerful. So I think looking at partnership is so useful. And I think that often when there's a lot of similarity in the design, there's just like a real like foundation of friendship. It's like, I get you. We see things in a similar way. Um, you know, say it's like two generators. It's like amazing. We're both energy beings. How can we encourage each other to do what lights us up? Even if it's totally different than what the other person's doing. Yeah. I think often, you know, opposites attract as well, attract as well. So like, mm-hmm. I think if you're with somebody that's really different, it's just really important to understand how different you are. Mm-hmm. So like, is, is your partner, is your husband emotional or sacral? I actually don't know. I haven't looked at his yeah. chart for over a year, but now I want to go back and look at it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But like, it's just really useful. Like, okay. Like, you know, maybe he makes decisions more quickly than you. Like he might have more energy, you know, like if you look at those open centers, you can see where you're impacting each other with you, mm-hmm. the energy. So like I project out my emotions, my partner takes it in, like really yeah. useful to know those things. When I'm on like an emotional low, he's like, see you later, Aaron. And like, not because he's mean, but because he's like, knows what's happening and doesn't take it personally. Yeah. And so I think it just like, it sheds so much light on the energetic dynamics mm-hmm. within a relationship in a way that strengthens relationships so much because you mm-hmm. just understand what's going on. So I really recommend people diving into it with their partners and with their yeah. kids as well, because again, it gives us so much permission to be different. Yeah. Um, also the last piece I'd share on this, because again, it is so specific, like you said, to like mm-hmm. this specific combination, but yeah. um, there is a recommendation in human design, which has been really powerful for me is around sleeping in your own space. I know that's not always feasible or desirable for people in terms of having separate bedrooms or anything like that. But like, as a projector, you're really sensitive and sleeping in your own energy is a way to kind of wake up in your own space and not take on like energy that's not yours. Mm -hmm. And so my partner and I have our own bedrooms, like we love sleeping together, but we also like our default is apart. Mm -hmm. And so that's also just something to play with, with a partner is like, what happens if I go to bed earlier, like sleep in later? What if I do in my own bedroom or sleep on the couch some nights? Like I think that having that separateness in relationships Mm-hmm. is so powerful as a way to kind of just return to our own energy. Wow. Okay. So my husband actually works the night shift. And oh, so wow. he yeah. is gone for out of the seven nights a week. And so I think that actually works. I mean, I miss him. And, yeah. Yeah. But having the bed to myself four nights out of the week is actually a really great thing. And I'm sure it's not going to always be that way, but we've kind of, yeah, organically actually gotten into a bit of that rhythm. And I noticed that like vacation, we were just on a two week vacation and we were in a cabin and, and sleeping in the same bed every single night. And I just noticed that there was then times where it would catch up to me and I would need to just go into that bedroom, shut the door in the middle of the day and be alone. Like I need my alone time. You're also so independent. So I feel like you just need to be in your own flow as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, and that's why he and I work. I think another component is he allows me to be so independent and he's just like, all right, girl, you go get it. Like, (laughs) and cheering me on. But that's the magic is that like, it's all so energetic. So another example of that, like, would that be, would be somebody making you wrong for it? 
They're like, mm-hmm. I want you to need me more. I want to be more collaborative. I want, and it's just like, you're like, Wah! like, that's like, I, that's not how I thrive. And so again, when you understand it, it's like, you stop taking it personally. Yeah. Like, oh, I see exactly what's going on. How can I best support my partner? Yeah. You, know? and so you think- do readings for relationships or couples as well. Yeah, I do. All right. We might need to, I just would love to have more, in, more insight into it. I was obviously so no revealing yeah. parts, but I just think that that could be, yeah, so revealing. And I know we're at the top of our time, but this is obviously something that you can use with your children as well. 100%. And being able to support them and, and <laughs> nurture them and their strength. And from day one. Yeah, from day one. So yeah. freaking cool. So, and I guess we didn't say this at the beginning, but all you need is your birthday, time, and location to pull yeah. that chart. We'll put that into the show notes so you guys can, in case you haven't already got your chart or know what type you are and, and authority and all the different things that we talked about today, you can you can discover that. And Aaron, I'd just love for you to to wrap up with how we can learn more. What are some mm-hmm. natural next steps that people could take from here? Yeah. So um, if you want, I share a lot on Instagram. So that's like a fun place to start. So I, on Aaron Claire Jones on Instagram, my website's AaronClaireJones.com. So um, the internet's kind of like a wild, wild west out there with human design <laughs> information. You probably discovered that. In terms of my offerings, a really good place to start is something called the Blueprint, which is basically a 30-page PDF on your unique design. So walking you through your profile, your open centers, your channels, your type, your authority, all that stuff. It's kind of like your own operating manual. So there's a discount code for that, which is going to be empath, right? Mm -hmm. And the URL is erinclairjones.com slash blueprint. And then I also do individual sessions, partnership sessions, whether it's team, you know, your business partner, whether it's a romantic partner, which is so useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also do group workshops every couple of weeks where we kind of dive deep into all those energy centers and explore them. And then I also do work with teams. So, so just reach cool. out if you're interested. Yeah. Yeah. This is just such empowering information to be able to apply to so, I mean, every area of your totally. life. So thank you so much for helping everyone understand a little bit more today. I know we still only scratched the surface, but it's so, so helpful. And, And thank you again. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, so full disclosure, being part of Soulfire Productions is the most magical, fantastical thing because it feels like a little soul tribe family of other podcast hosts where we get to collaborate and we get to mastermind and... Oh, it brings so much joy to my life. And I am somebody who thrives on that community. So I want to introduce you to a few more of the podcast hosts inside of this network. Today, I'm going to introduce you to the most fabulous witches. Their names are Leah Knauer and Rachel LaForest of Basic Witches. These ladies are next level. It is so much fun to be a fly on the wall during their conversations, and you can ride along during their episodes with Leah and Rachel as they share their deep thoughts, deep breathing, and deep belly laughs, and open up with celebrity guests and professionals in the spiritual world that they have on as guests. They ask the basic questions so you don't have to astrology.com loves them and I think you will too. So give this fiery Gemini and Scorpio duo a listen anywhere podcasts can be found. And as the basic witches say, hexo, hexo. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you're leaving with this sense of empowerment and starting to realize the numerous, numerous, numerous ways we can use human design in our life to feel more empowered or 
to apply it to your business or to use it in helping to understand your partner and build healthy relationships or even with your children. It's so incredibly empowering. And Erin has offered all the Uncensored Empath listeners 10% off of their blueprint. This is a personalized guide to your unique design. And you can simply go to erinclairejones.com backslash blueprint and use the code empath at checkout for 10% off. All right, everyone, that's all. Go take all this newfound human design knowledge and start to apply it to your life. And we'll see you on the next episode. 